Good morning, Moncton Westland. Great to see you this morning. Glad that you're here. Welcome back to our Christmas series, Wonderland. And I uh, just want to say on the front end before I get preaching this morning that uh, we have been praying for the, the families in Capilay. know that many of you uh, drive in from Capilay and, uh, and you know those families. I don't know them. And, and I, uh, if you know them, anyone out there, please let them know that, uh, that Moncton Wesleyan, their friends at Moncton Wesleyan are lifting them up in prayer. Uh, we, don't, we don't pray because, um, you know, it's the only thing that we can do. We pray because it's the best thing that we can do. And uh, pray for those families, so uh, please let them know that we're praying for them. Uh, we mentioned last week that Wonderland has a dual meaning. It refers to the wonder of Christmas, uh, the anticipation, the expectation, the uh, emotion, the Christmas drinks at Starbucks, and it's also a recognition that there are things around the Christmas story that we wonder about. Virgin birth, angels, wise men, shepherds, fruitcake, you know, just stuff like that that really, you know, causes a guy to wonder. And sometimes it can be a challenge to see the Christ of Christmas and the meaning of Christmas through all of the marketing of Christmas. Isn't that true? You find that to be true? Last week we were talking about Mary and how she had to believe it even when she didn't see it. And today we're going to talk about her fiancé Joseph and how he had to believe it when he started to see it. Because you can only hide a pregnancy for so long. Right? Sooner or later, the truth is going to come out. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like sooner or later, the truth is going to come out. And I'll agree that the whole, the whole story sounds pretty supernatural. You're putting all of your faith into this idea that, that God had a master plan from the very beginning to bring his son onto a fallen planet through a young virgin named Mary on the backside of a little dusty town called Bethlehem in some hole-in-the-ground stable where people kept their animals. That's the story. And a recurring theme, if you, if you read the story, especially Matthew and, and Luke's accounts, a recurring theme in the, in the people around the story is that many of them had to come to this, this critical moment when they had to make a choice on... You know, am I going to believe all this stuff? Uh, am I going to accept this? Is this true for me in, in my life? And they came to this point of, of, of having to make a choice on whether or not they were going to believe. And that might be where some of you are at this morning. Can we believe the absurdity of all this? Could they accept that, that God was doing the impossible? Would they trust God and follow God into the unknown? Would they surrender their will? Would they surrender their plans uh, their safety and follow voices and angels and, and stars. Would they, you know, would they be willing to do that? Uh, Gayla and I, my wife and I, we've been married for 22 years. Uh, as of October 13th, they even know the day, guys. Pretty good. Uh, very impressive, eh? I, I'm, I know, very impressive. Uh, in ministry for 21 years. I know I don't look that old. <laughs> you think I do look that old? Okay. In ministry for, for, for 21 years, and we have several stories in our lives when we had to make a choice of whether or not we were going to follow God's will, God's plan for our lives, when it didn't make a lick of sense. And I'm going to share one of those with you this morning. I had a lot of sleepless nights 
while Gail and I were praying over whether or not we were supposed to come back to Moncton Wesleyan. And there were many of those sleepless nights when I heard my name. And I was almost certain that it was spoken out loud. Just my name. Tim. Tim. Just like that. In the night and I would wake up. And I would lay awake as long as I could and pray for direction. Feeling like God had, had woken me in the night and, and wanted me to pray and I would pray for direction. In one night in particular, I hear my name, Tim. And I wake up and then I hear a voice so clear that I will never, ever forget it. And the only way that I can describe it is that it was audible to me, but probably not audible to anyone else. And the voice said this, I want you to go to Moncton. Don't be afraid. I am with you. And that was it. God still speaks. And maybe you haven't had, you know, something as freaky as that. And, uh, but you know, we've all had times when we've been faced with a big decision. We've had times when maybe you've been faced with, with terrible news, like the families in Capelet. Or times when you're needing direction from God about something. Even if you're not a believer this morning, there have probably been times when you've hit the wall or when you realize that you needed wisdom beyond what, what you had. Or you hit questions or circumstances where you felt like you couldn't make that decision on your own. You needed some extra influence. And if you have more fear than faith, you will let fear drive your decision making and you'll look for the path of least resistance. If you're driven by fear, not necessarily the right path or the path that God wants you to take or the path that will have the best outcome. When fear gets ahead of faith, we lose sight and we lack judgment. Now here's the, the truth that we're going to see come to light this morning. God's just going to open this up in front of us this morning. Here's the truth we're going to see come to light from Joseph's story. The faith to overcome fear comes when you follow the name of Jesus. You find the faith to overcome the fear when you follow the name of Jesus. It's Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Here we go, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, pause here for a second. We don't have the whole backstory on all of this, but imagine Mary trying to explain to Joseph what's going on inside her body. Imagine her trying to, to help him understand that she had this encounter with an angel and the angel told her that this was going to happen, that she was going to, to bring birth to the Messiah 
And Joseph trying to wrap his head around all of that. And, and in those days, I don't, we don't know the span there, right? But it was less than nine months, obviously. And in those days, when, when Mary's trying to share all this with Joseph, he doesn't walk away from her on grounds of insanity. He doesn't think, you are fruit loops. Like, I'm engaged to a nut job. Right? Someone who, who thinks that she had this, this encounter. He's just, he's just patient. And he's waiting for a sign. And then she starts to show, right? She gets the undeniable baby bump. And he knows it's not his kid. But he chooses not to cause her any harm, or he doesn't want to cause her any harm. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people. Us. You. He will save you from your sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him, say it out loud, Jesus. Now, just for a second here, again, before I really get going, I want to just take a little stretch of the text, and if you, if you uh, don't like what I'm about to say, you can email dbets at monktonwesleyan.com. But just let me stretch things for a second. And just, I just want to say, take this out of context, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and we would do well to sit down, young couples who are engaged to be married, and read them, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and encourage them to get this relationship filled with the Holy Spirit before the marriage takes place. Oh, come on. Welcome to church. Wakey, wakey. Did you know that we serve coffee before our services? In fact, let's take it just a little bit further and teach our teens and our children to be open to and to be filled with the presence of God because God wants to be something big in your life before he does something big in your life and put his presence ahead of your plans. There you go. Now you're okay. All right. You're going to have to help me preach here this morning. So Mary, she's already submitted. She's there. She, she, she's, she's ahead of Joseph, right? She's, she's already there. And she's had her encounter, and she knows what she has to do, but the men are always a little slower. <laughs> oh, come on, girls. They're like, I want to say something out loud, but I don't know, you know if I could really jump up and, and, uh, and say uh, amen to that one. And somehow this doesn't sour their relationship, right? She's patient with him while he's trying to get there. And he's patient with her. And she's telling him all these things that she heard and what God is doing in her life. But they're in this together. And Joseph needs a sign. He needs to have his moment. She, Mary has her faith ahead of her fear. He has his fear ahead of his faith. And you can't follow as long as your fear is ahead of your faith. You talk about Wonderland, verse 20. Verse 20 says, as he considered this. Yeah, 
Like wonder, like as he wondered, what in the world is, is God doing? And Joseph had to be out praying all night. He had to be pacing and, and praying and trying to sort this out and wonder, well, God, what are you doing? And crying out to God for an answer. This doesn't make sense. I know how babies are made and I was not there. And just when he's about to lose hope, right when he's come to the conclusion that his only option, he's like, I'm out of options. I don't know what else to do. The only thing I can do is break this off silently. God speaks. Right when you need God the most. Right when you feel like you're out of answers. Right when you're about to take matters into your own hands. And do it, you know, the only thing that you know to do. God speaks. And God speaks directly to his fear. And says, Joseph, son of David, which was a prophetic reference by the angel to remind Joseph that the Messiah had always been prophesied to come from, to be a descendant of David. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit has brought Jesus into your lives. Now you might be here this morning and, and you're, you're, you're not yet a follower, a believer of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we're glad that you're here. We, we're, we're so thrilled that you are here. And, and you, you might you might sense God speaking to you this morning. You might, you might actually feel the very presence of the living God uh, coming in and, and speaking to you this morning. And I would say, just as the scripture says, don't be afraid. It's the Holy Spirit who is bringing Jesus Christ into your life. Do not be afraid. Verse 21. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people, from their sins. This is where Joseph's wonder and all of his doubts and all of his questions, this is where it starts to take shape and it starts to form from just a whole bunch of crazy ideas where it actually starts to form into a person. And now, now Joseph's not following just a bunch of crazy ideas and crazy instructions from angels. Now he has something, someone to attach his wonder to. He's going to follow the child He's going to follow this one who God is bringing into the light to save us from our sins. His name is Jesus, and we can follow him today. The Bible uses a lot of names uh, to describe Jesus for us, to help us see who Jesus is. Matthew uses a 700-year-old quote from, from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It's, it's verse 23 of the, of the text that we read this morning where he says, Emmanuel... Jesus will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Rebecca read earlier from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, where Isaiah said, A child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Christmas is all about a child that Mary and Joseph were to name Jesus, there is no other name on earth or in heaven like the name of Jesus. If the word Christmas is, is kind of getting washed out and, and losing its effect on our culture, then I say let's call it Jesus Fest or let's call it Happy Jesus Day or something like that. He's not just the reason for the season. He is the reason for everything. His name is Jesus. Hey, think that Pastor Tim's gone nuts. First he changes Christmas Eve back to the 23rd. Now he's going to change the name of Christmas. 
I knew this guy was flaky. Where'd you get this guy? Graham and Ann? Yes, actually you did. <laughs> I'm not nuts. I'm, not, I'm just trying to depopulate hell as best as we can in the greater Moncton area. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not nuts. He's not just the reason for the season. He's the reason for everything. The angel tells Joseph to name him Jesus. He will save us from our sins. There's, there is something there's about the wonder of his name. You will never be the same again when you call upon his name. The name of Jesus is an unlimited reservoir. You will never exhaust it. You will never find its depths. You will never go to it and find it to be empty. It is an unlimited reservoir. Every time you call on the name of Jesus, God will hear your prayer. He will answer. He will meet you there. He will give you exactly what you need. Every time you go to his name, you will find what you need. What you need is not under a tree. What you need died on a tree for you and was resurrected. His name is Jesus. He heals the brokenhearted. He gives sight to the blind. He causes the deaf to hear. He's the healer. There is power in his name to heal any sickness, any brokenness that is in this place this morning. He can heal your broken marriage or your broken relationships. He can break the chains of addiction. You can literally come to him this morning with an addiction and you can lay it down at the feet of Jesus Christ and say, take this from me and he will answer your prayer and you will never have to go back to that again. And we have stories all over this church. We have stories all over this church of chains being broken and lives being set free. And that'll be our story until Jesus comes back. I encourage you this morning to call on the name of Jesus. And I can't guarantee, I don't know what God will do in every situation. I'm not saying just name it and claim it. I, I, that's not me. But I do think Moncton Western Church, that we would see many more miracles if we would just be quicker to call on the name of Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote about this. He wrote about his name in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9, 10, and 11. Paul said, Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Woo! You've had times when you've been disappointed in a name, probably. Maybe a, a brand name that you were trying to decide between two products. Do I get the cheaper one or do I get the brand name? And you got the brand name and the stupid thing broke. It failed you, let you down. You were disappointed. Uh, maybe a, f a famous star or an athlete or a politician or clergy. Someone who you placed on a, on a pedestal and they let you down. Our youngest daughter, Autumn, used to ask me if, uh, you know, certain brands, certain things would be around forever. Right? There are things 30 years ago you thought that, that'll, that'll be a part of our cultural landscape forever and it's gone now. We, you know, you can't even remember it. And so Autumn, you know, she would say, what about... You know, what about Coke? Will that be around forever? Will there always be a Coke? Pepsi? Should we vote? <laughs> we did this first service. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We're not going to vote every week, but, you know, we need to do this one. Coca-Cola. 
down. Pepsi. This one split. The first service was, was way Pepsi. First service was definite. And that's got nothing to do with anything. You know, McDonald's. Will that always be around? Will there always be that? Tim Hortons. You know, will it always be around? Are they here forever? 2,000 years later, in the name of Jesus, is alive and well. Amen. Still changing lives around the world. A third of the world's population calls itself Christian. And every attempt by man to snuff out or kill off the name of Jesus it just pours fuel on the fire and causes his name to spread with greater urgency. People around the world lift high the name of Jesus and they name their dogs Caesar and Nero. <laughs> and it seems like the name of Jesus was Joseph's turning point. When the angel says she's going to have a son and you will name him Jesus. You just see the lights going on in Joseph's head. Now it's, a, now it's a person. Now it's a name. You will name him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And he goes, Joseph goes from, from being ready to, to pack it all in and break the engagement to following God's plan. He goes from fear to faith to following and whatever you need today, whatever need there is in your life right now, the name of Jesus can heal it, it can change it, it can restore it, it can mend it, it can save anything in your life. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, now we're about to have church. Now we're about to have church. And um, we're going to sing an old song. This song comes from the middle of the 19th century uh, from India. And a gentleman was going to be martyred for his faith in Jesus Christ. And he wrote these words. He said, I have decided to follow Jesus and he continued to write, and he said, though none go with me, still I will follow the name of Jesus. 1800s from India. There's power in the name of Jesus. And I don't want to give too much direction and instruction here because I want the Holy Spirit to, to have his way. But I know that there are many here this morning who need to call on the name of Jesus. And again, if it's, if it's a marriage, that person, if you're both here, grab hands and run to the front of this church here in a second when I give this invitation. We're going to just create an altar area here at the front of this church. And many of you are going to respond. You're going to come and you're going to call on the name of Jesus. He can break any chain. He can set you free from anything. He can help you forgive things that are deep, deep, deep in your past that you're still, still carrying. He can heal. He can heal this morning. There is nothing, there is nothing but the name of Jesus 
cannot do in this place this morning. He's here right now. And so we're going to sing this, this, this very old, very simple song, I have decided to follow Jesus. And if you need to call on the name of Jesus, maybe it's for salvation. Maybe you just feel empty inside and say, I don't, I don't, I don't think I know him. I don't, I don't think I've ever come to a faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe that's it. Whatever it is this morning, I'm going to invite you to come and, and kneel across the front. Dozens. And uh, if you can't kneel, stand. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Just come to the front. And you're coming down here to respond to God's Word, not to me. You're coming to respond to God's Word and to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are here, you are alive, you are all-powerful, and we believe in the strong and mighty name of Jesus Christ in this place right now. And, and Jesus, we just, we just uh, pray that you would cause all fear to leave this facility right now, that you would cause hearts to be free, that you would uh, cause faith to grow and to be stronger than ever before, that you would help people, maybe some who have never stepped out before in their lives, to step out today and to respond to your Holy Spirit that is speaking to them. Jesus, we pray for those who need to come forward this morning and just say, here it is. Here it is, Jesus, in your powerful name. I'm asking you to free me, to heal me, to save me, to fix this, whatever it is. And, and, and those who call upon your name this morning, Jesus Christ, that you would give them exactly what they need because we know that there is no other name. That we don't have any other options. There's no plan B. It's all about Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for what you're about to do in this place. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. You respond. You come. The Holy Spirit speaking to you. Come right down to the front of this, this auditorium and pray in the name of Jesus Christ.